Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss the very popular book talk book, The Love Hypothesis, which is by Allie Hazelwood and was published in 2021 by Berkeley Books. Berkeley Books is an imprint of Penguin Random House. Allie Hazelwood is an Italian neuroscientist who obtained her PhD in the United States. She has also lived across the world to include Germany and Japan, and she is still working full-time as a professor. And the plot, 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 oh plot. my God, the plot. <laughs> it's going to be a long fucking. Plot, plot, The plot of the book is Olive wants her best friend to fall in love with her ex. She panics and kisses Adam, a hotshot professor and resident grump. They agree to continue the fake dating for both of their benefits, but one thing leads to another, as it always does, with fake dating. So... Kim, what did you think of this book? I liked it. It was pretty good. It okay. was it was sweet. I mean, I wouldn't call it riveting or mind-altering or any of that, but I, I did enjoy reading it. Okay. Sarah, what were your thoughts? Um, I liked it. You sound so uncertain. <laughs> well, it's just, um, no, I actually liked it a lot. To okay. be honest, uh, it's just I've been reading the last few books that I read were just such disappointments. And I didn't even know why particularly, because I thought my brain would like them. And then I tried reading them and it just didn't resonate. But like this book, like, I don't even know. I don't think I even finished page two. And I was just like, I am into this. I'm enjoying it. And then I just like rode that high for the rest of the read. It was really funny. and It was and witty. It was pleasant. Yeah, it was just a fun book. Yeah. Okay, so now I've got to know the Star Wars vibes in it. How did you feel about that? I didn't oh. catch the Star Wars. You keep oh, talking about this. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, God, they were all over the place. Well, yes, but, like, it, I mean, my brain immediately, I was like, okay, so this is that character. And I just matched up all the characters. The only one I couldn't figure out was Tom. Um, I think Tom was the only one that wasn't. Yeah, probably just. Unless, like, oh, mm-hmm. Christ, it's been a while. Which one's Tom? Tom is the blonde guy. The bad guy. The bad guy. Yeah. Tries to sexually assault her. Mm. That she's going to work in his lab. Oh, fuckwad. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Also known as fuckwad. <laughs> Just never explicitly. And the only thing, him. I could think it was like a weird Han Solo kind of vibe coming from him initially. But like, what? then it went dark and so but I was, it was like, maybe like, not. It was like specifically from the sequel trilogy character. I know. Um, oh, maybe he was the... Um, yeah, the general dude. Not the general dude, but like, uh... He wasn't Snoke, if you're talking about Snoke. Snoke was the advisor that never gets named. <sighs> Is that not the guy who's on the bridge and, like, argues reg- regularly with, um... <sighs> you know who I'm talking Are about. Are you talking about General Hux? I might be talking... Redhead, Is he was Jeremy in this book. <laughs> was that Jeremy? Yeah, that was Jeremy. Oh, I had no clue. I, I, I've watched those movies once with you and, like, not returned to them. Yeah, no. Um, no, like, I feel like she might have given Tom some of General Hux's, like, canon characteristics. But still, even then, it doesn't really match. Um, so I was thinking, like, maybe, like, a gender-bent Phasma. Because the blonde hair, well, Phasma's in armor. She won't see her, but yeah, the actress blonde yeah. hair. Blue-eyed. But even that didn't really match up. So, yeah, Tom, I just was like, I don't know. And it just, it's like an itch you can't scratch. Oh, you can't God. figure yeah. it out. But yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, okay. It really did feel like a lot of the Raylo picks that I haven't read that many, honestly, but the ones I have, I'm like, yep, I can definitely see it, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I figured you would be, but I was curious if, like, it mashed up enough for you to be appeasing or if it was like it would have annoyed me if it was more of a like because there's also the book that someone wrote that was like a storm pilot fanfic but they kept it in like a sci-fi universe okay and so it just felt like a really big rip off of star wars this one where it's a complete au yeah it's like i'm totally fine with that okay you can kind of get the character flavor obviously i was just picturing the characters when i was reading it but i don't feel like it's just ripping off because she made her own back you know yeah Daddy university that sort of thing different story there just similar dynamics yeah yeah so yeah i like that i will say so my one struggle with this is i have zero and i mean zero attraction to adam driver zero and this author clearly and spoiler i've already read love on the brain which is the book that's coming out soon she likes adam driver she likes how adam driver looks she (laughs) and so like i was nervous to read this because i was like i have zero like he is a person who exists in the universe and that's cool like he does him i do me if i were to see him walking down the street i don't even know that i would be like oh that's adam driver like i just have no investment whatsoever but i still like adam in the book, even though she does heavily lean into describing what is clearly Adam Driver. <laughs> what is very clearly Adam Driver. Um, so I was impressed that she actually made me become invested in the character of Adam when I have zero interest in the actor or Kylo. I, I have zero. I'm so glad that I actually walked out of the movie theater to use the restroom at the very time that he took his shirt off because I just have zero desire to see that. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I was impressed that I still liked the character because I was nervous about that. Um, I did pick up heavily on the Star Wars vibes. That was, no, that was um, Spawn. Um, beep, beep. <laughs> Silent now. Uh, but I liked, I liked, it. it's so weird calling the character's name Adam when the actor's name is Adam. Um, but I, I did like well, I loved this book. After having read Love on the Brain first, that did make it easier to go into this one. So I was like, oh, yes. I like her style. Yeah, um, I kind of saw the preview, though. I think Love on the Brain is first person. Uh, it's like. Uh, so I got an arc for it, so and I read it pretty quickly. Um, so it's been about a month or two since I've read it. And I can't remember. However, I think this one's first person, no, isn't it? No. I will say it's funnier than this one, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it is funnier. I, I, I did find it to be funnier. I like, I enjoyed this one, but I found that one to be funnier, but it's, that one is enemies to lovers. So you, that is, I'm telling you, it's going to be your cup of tea. It's on my read list. Yeah. Yeah. We might even have to do it for the podcast because yeah, I think you'll love it. Um, but now that I've trampled all over. I don't know <laughs> everything. So now that we've discussed Star Wars, what did you? I felt like I was in a weird universe here for about <laughs> five, ten minutes because, well, one, 
I don't even know. I think I've watched the Star Wars movies. The newest ones, you've watched the first two? Just stop there. Do not watch. The and you didn't watch one. the third one because the second Isn't one. Isn't the third one with the 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 red dirt and then they go no, through crazy. it and it turns white? That's Sorry, that's the, the second way. movie. Yeah. It, that planet is great. Yeah, that, that's where you stopped. Is because that's okay. when, because you... You were not super keen on what they did with Luke Skywalker in that one. And so you had zero interest in proceeding forward. What's the third one called? Rise of Skywalker. Where all the Skywalkers die. The Palpatine situation. Oh, yeah. It's really sad because I was a huge Star Wars fan when I was a kid. But you're talking about all these characters. I'm just like, these guys are in the Star Wars movies? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know. But... I'm with you. I, Adam Driver is not appealing in any way, shape, or form. Actually, I, a movie he did, I really liked him, but it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't appealing. Was it? Um, it was the one about divorce with oh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. It was good. It was intense. He, he's a good actor. Like yeah. I'll give it to. But like I like just. It, it's not even he's like awkward. dislike. He's, it's just he's zero almost, investment. He's almost Nicolas Cage level awkward for me when I watch him <laughs> function. I said almost, almost. I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying the awkwardness. Nicolas Cage is awkward to watch for me. Um, And Adam, and and not in comparison to awkward to um, looks, but he also has that almost Christopher walking. Like, walking, walking, like awkwardness too, because like that weird, like him, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he is a bizarre human being, and, and well, it's okay, not no, a bad thing. He plays it's just bizarre characters. Yeah, I, I don't know him as a human oh, that's being. True, that's true. That's true. Zero interest Except in his for personal the one life. thing I will say is he doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Um, actually, I've seen John before. Oliver. John Oliver had did an entire season, but you know they set that up, right? That last bit at the end. Yes, but he he was like, don't do this anymore. That was the thing. I know. I, 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 just, I, I will say I've seen him do humor. His humor is dry. It, it Like the humor okay. of this character is Adam in the book and his like weird, dry, like non-humor humor. Okay. I've seen Adam Driver Did enough you see that. his SNL episode? Mm-mm. I've seen parts of it. Or at least the, like, the, um. The Star Wars little bit that they did. I haven't seen that one. No. Oh, they even referenced it in this book. Oh, did they? Holy Christ! You I guys had a I'm whole sure. other level in this book going on. <laughs> they might not have, but it seemed really coincidental. So, um, it probably just, was. I mean, I'm just I. You kept saying it's it's Star Wars, it's Star Wars, it's Star Wars retelling, and I'm just like, it's not Star Wars retelling. No, 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 no. It's, it's Star Wars it's fan fiction. Fan. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but no, I like my level, like like. And it's, it, like I said, it's not, like, I don't find him unappealing. It is just zero. Like, it is just a, a solid okay, we zero. Can, we can move past um, Adam Driver. <laughs> I am sure we will be coming back to Adam Driver again and again okay, and again. Okay. And we're just going to accept this. And anyone who's read this book, just, you know, you know. I mean, look at the cover. I've read the book. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not seeing Adam Driver there. Yeah, I, I see it. I see it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you know you how you don't see Adam Driver in that, and I am so I mean, seeing Ray. Is he? The only reason why that even comes remotely close to Ray for me. Well, you I guys are gonna laugh and say Adam Driver no. as he appears in like Raylo fanfic, right? Not fan art. Sorry. So, I'm building my Millennium Falcon. I just built Ray the other day, 
and the hair, hair? that they made yeah. for the little the little character <laughs> is, is yeah. similar, not the yeah. same. But yes, that's the only thing that's that screams Ray to yeah, me. Yeah, no, on that. that totally. I I look at this cover. I I didn't even know the details of this book, and it started showing up, showing up. God. <laughs> Showing up on social media, and I was like, "Why was a Kylo Ren, Kylo or Raylo fan fiction published?" The stem part of it's why it was published, and I love it. Um, Let's talk about the book and stop talking about Star Wars. We're talking about the book. We're talking about Star Wars. This is not the book to me. I I did not. This is not the book I read. I did not read Star Wars, whatever you guys want to call it. It's not a. It's not a fan. It's not. It's a fan yeah. fiction. Yeah. Okay, so then what do you think of the character Olive? Which one's Olive? Oh, Lord. Fine. She's the main one, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's Ray. I was up to four o'clock in the morning building my Millennium Falcon. My brain is not. <laughs> Let's stop talking about Star Wars. I was building my Millennium Falcon. <laughs> do you hear yourself? I know. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I got zero... Star Wars out of that. Zero. None. Zip. Zilch. Well, not you're a... also not into the sequel. Right. Trilogy. Um, <laughs> I love the way you mock that. <laughs> oh, Sarah pretends the last movie never Duo. happened. Yeah, the duology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, they never finished that story. <laughs> yeah, I left it off in such a weird place, but whatever. I can just imagine whatever ending I want. <laughs> better Works. whatever canon tries to give me. But, no, Olive. I, I really liked her. I liked her as a character. I liked... The, the the addressing of women in STEM. I like that they had the, her best friend who was who was you know all pro pro you know let's let's make sure that we're supporting women in STEM and mm-hmm. and yet was clueless as to what was really going on. Um, but no, all of was she was funny. Yeah, I, I like. I like that she was smart. Yes. Well, and I like the fact that. Anytime she wasn't willing to communicate something, there was enough in her history that we were given that it felt valid. Why she wouldn't just talk to him. Yeah, I was just going to say her insecurity and her own abilities was very grounded in the story. Instead of just being, I'm a woman, so I just, I'm insecure. It was, uh, yeah, you lost your entire family and and, and you were in... um, you were in foster foster care, care and, and that yeah and that would lead to insecurities and and doubts in your own ability yeah and then it wasn't that it was easy for her to get all of these things done she didn't yeah have she's not foster care. a magical yeah. all knowing she yeah. worked really hard to be in her program yeah and even then there was self doubt and I I think it was really nice to believe that any communication struggle she has is because she didn't. She didn't have an example to look at and be like, oh, this is how I communicate. Mm-hmm. She had to figure it out. And she wasn't always great at it. So I did like that. Um, I'm trying to think. What about you, Sarah? What did you like about Olive? Did you like Olive? I liked Olive. Yeah. Okay. I think I like most of the characters. Tom was my favorite. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Um, I was assuming it was Rodriguez. Um... <laughs> I liked it. I mean, if he'd been in the story more. Yeah. He's based off of Poe. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Poe is not my favorite character, but close enough. But you do adore Oscar Isaacs. I do. Oscar Isaac is my favorite actor. Yes. 
Um, oh, did he finally, like, upend Michael Fassbender? Oh, yeah, Lord, like, a long time ago. Oh, okay. okay. Michael Fassbender's, so like, low on the list now. We're gonna, go, oh. we're gonna go off the rails here for a second, because I gotta know. What is going on with Moon Knight? Is he in Moon Knight again, or is he out? I'm, I'm getting the weirdest articles in my feeds. No one knows, um, because they submitted Moon Knight as a limited series um, for Emmys, what have you. Um, they did the same thing. And for, he doesn't have a contract. Yeah, he, he went into it and, and insisted on not having a contract after Star Wars. He said, I'll work with you again, Disney, but... I'm not committing to 8,000 movies yeah. at uh, $100,000. Um, I will say, if you saw the weird Universal article, it's because he went to the amusement park, not because he's in a Universal movie. Um, it was clickbait. And that, oh, that's the other thing. I don't a, know that I saw that. I haven't had the time to really read articles. So I, yeah, I no, no a lot of the articles on. are clickbait. Okay. He's popular. Anyone so his name will make, okay. will make people, just saying his name will make people click the article. Okay. He is beloved. They will definitely make me click the article. Anyway, I'm sorry, I had to go off the rails. No, 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 it's all good, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not clear. I just know that he didn't set up for a contract because he didn't want to get, he, he, he was told one thing about being Poe and then they like, basically sidelined in movie two and on. Um, and I think part of that was unfortunately because... He actually had a pretty significant role in two. He did in three, but I don't think it was the role he was originally given that he was going to have. The original role, he was going to die in movie one. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I know that there was weirdness around it, but a part of it was because... And I'm, I'm sorry, I suddenly can't think of her name. Passed away. Carrie Fisher? Carrie Fisher, thank you. Um, and I think as they were heading into movie three, her, her story and his story were so woven together that they then... That was the excuse they gave for not having much roads in, in movie yeah. three, though. They're like, oh, she was going to do stuff with Leia, but then Carrie Fisher wasn't there. So tragically, we just had to create new roles for a bunch of white male actors. <laughs> Sorry, one, who I really hate. Not the actor, the character. Um, yeah, which I... Which they could have given to Rose, but they didn't I don't know on the screen anymore. I, I don't guess. know. But we're going to just keep going from there and not go back into the Star Wars. <laughs> the black hole that is Star Wars. Um, but yes, I was, I was, but that's who I thought you were going to say your favorite character was, was Rodriguez, just because I imagine you were picturing Oscar, Oscar Isaac the entire well, time. I mean, I was picturing Oak the entire time, yes. Yeah. Um, Olive. Yeah. Liked her. I liked her. Uh, she was funny. She was smart. She was a very easy character to relate to. Um really makes me nostalgic for college at least for me <laughs> with all the stem stuff but um i think one of the things i did like uh are you all right we got interrupted so you were talking about all of um and one of the things i enjoyed with what the author did uh is well she never explicitly confirmed it but it seemed like she was writing ray as being demisexual yeah, yeah, yeah. the same. Oh, no, so, no, she did. She did say well, it at one point. She didn't use that actual term, though. No. It never actually. So that's okay, explain like, demisexual to me. It's how Olive described it. In the book. <laughs> okay, so. It's been a week and a half. <laughs> Refresh my memory. I told you guys. I you know, but it was gosh. good. Oh, I'm I sorry. Couldn't stop the microphone I'm actually going to pick that one up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> demisexual is when an individual is unable to form a romantic or oh, sexual yeah, yeah, yeah. attraction Got without it. first knowing the person yep, and yep, interacting yep. with them. So, yes, I did like the fact that Olive was demisexual. And not only was she demisexual, but this was the first time she had legitimately actually felt true attraction to someone and had 
no clue how to process yeah. true attraction. So I loved us watching Olive do that whole, what is this? Am I broken? Discovery. What has changed? Yeah, discovery. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. So I did enjoy that. I agree. And I, I liked the description the author gave. Instead of just like flat out giving, oh, Olive going, but I'm demisexual. It was just discovering herself without needing to label herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say about the demisexual or? <laughs> no, I, I like, I like how it was presented in the book and that it's just not something that you see very often, especially not with like protagonists. Um, so I thought that was, and I wasn't expecting anything like that either. So it was refreshing. Um, yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh, Sarah's going to like this. <laughs> I liked it because it was organically written to the story instead of a definition or a, Yes. Drawn out explanation or somebody else telling her what she was. Yeah. It was just we're uncovering this, this aspect is my as experience. she yeah, as yeah. she's uncovering it herself. Well written. Yeah, Very I didn't well even see like Olive actually would have known necessarily the, what the label was. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I so I'll say in terms of like relating to that moment, it was the same for me with pansexual. It wasn't like I was more like, oh, women are attractive. Oh. Trans individuals are attractive. Huh. Would I be? Yeah, I'd be. Okay. Okay. And then I was like, oh, have you heard of this? And I went, oh, there it is. <laughs> There's the identity I didn't know. <laughs> but that explains so much. So yeah, just kind of like not having to have an existential crisis, but like just like. What? A realization. What is this? What am I feeling? What does this mean? <laughs> Who am I? I could relate to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Adam? What did you think of Adam? I liked him. You liked him? Okay. Did he suit love interest levels for you? Did he like anything you didn't like about him? Like, give me stuff here. (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) I mean, I did read this as if I was reading a Raylo fanfic, so it, he fulfilled the Kylo role fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, this was not actually Star Wars in the book, but like one of the things that people often do that I don't particularly like is when they try really hard to make the character more evil than necessary, go super dark on it. Yeah. And so I feel like this is just a good, like, he's grumpy and reserved. I told you there's a bug. I know, oh, but I actually hit it. I wasn't expecting to. <laughs> I was like, I made contact with something. <laughs> He's reserved. He's reserved. Kind of grumpy. Well, kind I'm of relatable in that way. Um, <laughs> but I, Yeah, I, I will say, I was like, oh, it's Sarah. <laughs> it's a male version of Sarah where you sound grumpy. You seem a little pissed off at times, but you're just existing. <laughs> Because I, like, I wasn't, like, I know I said it called him grumpy in the plot, but, like, he wasn't really grumpy. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't like, actively angry. Yeah. But I don't even see he was grumpy. It wasn't like he was, like, irritated with the world or anything. He was just existing, and he was being different than other people. But it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a flaw in him. It just was. And I, I did enjoy that, where he's just, like, why do people think this of me? And she's, like, well, you do this. And he's, like. Why wouldn't I do that? And I'm like, why do they take that personally? Yeah. I'm just talking about their work, not them. Yeah. And I'm like, fair, fair. He just has bad social skills. You know, there are people who 
have bad social skills. Like I have a couple of coworkers when they talk and I'm like, how are the patrons not getting pissed off at you? See, I don't even <laughs> think he had bad social skills. I think he just had a extreme sense of how he was treated when he was a grad student and what, mm, what good came out of that versus yeah. the abuse that came out of it. So I think he was trying to keep neutral, keep neutral or, or walk a fine line between, I need to make you as good as you could possibly be. I think that's the and only thing that he really never would have heard good critique either. Yeah. So he doesn't even know like how to do good what critique. all of this yeah. talking about when she's right. saying you could do it nicer. And it's like, he doesn't That's know. A, the only thing I would say that annoyed me is, and, and and it might just be me because I really look into people's reasons behind the way they behave. I, I try to evaluate that. Um, the grad students were all just super ignorant of what he was doing. And it's like, clearly he is trying to make what you're doing better. He's not just being an asshole and saying that, you know, your, your, your graph is inaccurate. You know, he, he's... He's clearly but only, but if they hear good feedback, like kind feedback from everyone else, then he is going to seem like he's just being unfair. I know, I know, and, I know. And I will say, I'm I'm going to throw my generation under the bus here. They all came I'm off part very of this generation. They, <laughs> I'm throwing you under the bus, Sarah. <laughs> um, I will say that millennials have a weird praise put down, like processing thing but they can't seem to like is it praise is it not praise what did i do to fuck up why am i not getting a you know oh no award why am i getting an award did i really deserve this do i not really deserve this i probably don't just like there is some weird mind fucking going on in millennials heads and i think that like these characters clearly had that weird mind fucking going on yeah i know um, it drove me fucking nuts because but... you're jet x mm. and you just suck it up and millennials are like how do I process this? And at least most millennials I know, it seems to be some weird, like, how do I process this? Um, now, was he, he, he wasn't doing the proper critiques sandwich. Praise, critique, critique praise. praise. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's what you're supposed to do when yeah. you're critiquing somebody. You give them a little bit of a praise and then you tell them where they went wrong and then you remind them that they're good. And I will say the other Maybe thing is... Maybe that's how we fucked with millennials. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm I'm nearly positive it's everyone gets a statue for participating. <laughs> I think that was where our mind fuck was because we're all going, so did I do good? Did I do bad? Where is the spectrum of good and bad if we all get an award? <laughs> Trust me, the rest of us, well, okay, maybe the Gen Xers, I don't know about everybody else. We didn't want to do that, but it was set up and, and yeah. once you're participating, there's yeah. nothing you can do to control. Yeah, because I mean that's it's like uh the example I can think of is as I played softball when I was very young, that I convinced myself that I was terrible at it because I thought I was just getting award like everyone else. I had no clue that I actually was very good at throwing. Mm -hmm. Terrible at running. Undoubtedly terrible <laughs> at running. Like, that is not a skill set I have. There's a lot of movement and not a lot of forward oh, progression. Hilarious to watch. Um, Especially when you were little. But, but just wiggling. Yeah, you say it all the time. But so, but, but, I couldn't, I know that I couldn't assess my skill level because everyone got an award. So I was just included in everyone else. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's an assumption that you're always the average one rather yeah. than, or the below average one rather than, because you know who the good ones are. Because yeah. 
you see them, but yeah. you, you don't see yourself in context of them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, they put me out in the outfield because, you know, they don't want me. No, it's because you could throw it in from the outfield. <gasps> I didn't know this. <laughs> I didn't know that position was important and that, you know, yeah. it's a hard position to play. Um, I just thought, oh, it's because, you know, I can't run fast and. Actually, outfielders need to be able to move. But okay, we won't get into yeah. softball. <laughs> so Here's why sitting there. Um, but yeah, so I think that was the thing. The other thing I will say is I can't assess the critique weirdness in this in terms of I have not done grad school as a STEM. I am not a, a STEM-oriented person. I got an English degree. My master's is in library and information science. I am not. You started your first year in science. You tried to do the science route. Well, you I wanted to test. Be, yeah, you yeah. wanted to be a veterinarian, but. I couldn't test. But yeah, so I don't have any context for STEM. Sarah's our closest context for STEM, but you haven't done any graduate programs in STEM. Right? Because no. your, your degree's in STEM or no? Yeah, it's pharmacology. Okay. Um, pharmacology was even mentioned in there. It one, was. One of, the, one of the professors. I think Rodrigo's actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Rodrigo was a pharmacologist. I remember that now. So, yeah. There's a lot of imposter syndrome, though, even in undergrad. Okay. So it's like, that's another thing, too, is if he is just giving negative criticism all the time, it's really going to feed and demoralize. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Those mm -hmm. people. So I can understand how they would take that very personally. Like, yeah, if he was uh, Olive's advisor, like, she's already so insecure about her ability that... Like, if she had had to face his sort of criticism all the time, that would have been yeah, pretty yeah. heartbreaking. Or not heartbreaking, but, but like, hard for her to... Yeah. But it's funny because he actually builds her up through the entire thing. Yeah, he does. He's the person who convinced her to actually go into it. And it seemed like every time he actually had positive things to say to her, which makes me wonder, because everything we hear is actually third person. Mm -hmm. So it does make me wonder if he actually was being positive to people because even if he talked about and that's kind of what i was yeah. trying to get at was it's like there should have been some of these characters should have taken ownership of yeah yeah i i didn't put the full effort into it there was the one guy i don't remember his um, name her, her roommate malcolm or another one uh, another one i think who greg or yeah, yeah he yeah, was like generic ones. i he was rich family yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. just wanted to slide through grad school and uh, and that was Malcolm. Was it? Yeah, Malcolm was from the rich family, but there was another character who yeah. got mad at her because her boyfriend had yeah. Um, yeah. been mean to him. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, and I think his friend's name was Greg. I don't remember what his name was. It was yeah. probably like Chris or John. What have you? It was a name. Yeah. But, you know, so, but I would, I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's a generational thing because I would, going through grad school and, and yes, I hear the imposter syndrome thing. I, I, I get that. And that would make, somewhat insecure but at some point you got to take ownership for what you're doing and and evaluate you, you let go the criticism criticism and the reaction to the criticism immediately and you know saying shit about him because he's being an asshole but then you have to then go back and see him again what happened the second time or is it just because all of this went in such a short period of time that because it really was only a month. A though, month. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I said, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say for my generation as a, what I have noticed as a whole is we all have like 
the biggest imposter syndrome. And that's what I assume this is, is it's very millennial imposter syndrome. And she clearly has been in this situation. Yeah. She being the author. And so, you know, she, she knows where she's writing from. Yeah. Well, and that's why I was like, I I haven't done STEM, but she's got a PhD in neuroscience. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I'm sure this is very much her experience. Yeah. Going through graduate school. Yeah. Um, and I will say, having read the second book, it comes up again in that in areas that. Oh, like, I'm sure. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a. Particularly it's a, for women. Yeah. It's a it's a great story to write as far yeah. as, as, especially this day and age when we're trying to not just make everything the white male. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's another thing, too, is that I think a lot of the people that were complaining were men. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're just not getting the usual treatment that they would yeah, expect. They, yeah. So it's like. Yeah. I, they're, yeah. Just, they're getting criticized like maybe like, other than Malcolm. Malcolm and, and, wouldn't have been white male. But he's still male. Yeah. He's still male. But yeah, I'm, I'm probably up until this point, because they and were very successful. Kid too. Yeah. yeah. They were very successful. Obviously, yeah. probably very successful in high school. These are smart. Yeah. This is Stanford. This isn't just yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't, you know, university of whatever down so the street. So he's basically just poking holes in their egos. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, making yeah. them insecure. And and I think it's important. For as you're developing into particularly, and, and he addresses it, the, Adam addresses it. Yeah. I'm trying to make you the best you can be. Yeah. It is my job to churn out the best scientists, not just scientists. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be something that's going to exist in, which I, Stanford's not Ivy League, but it's 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 a mm-hmm. higher end school. I don't think Stanford's Ivy League. I, Ivy League. I honestly don't know, but I'm just. Tempted to say it's not. I don't think I, it is. I think it's the Ivy League equivalent on of the West, West Coast. I think okay. Ivy League of the West, but yeah. Um, it's like what? Harvard, Yale. Those are the only Ivy yeah. Leagues I know, actually, those two. But there's probably others. Right. Yeah, so it says it says Stanford, Duke, and MIT are clearly prestigious schools with high national rankings and low selectivity rates comparable to those of Ivy League schools. They are not Ivy League schools simply because they are not members of the Ivy League. Okay. Um, to clarify so for technically you, yes. not Ivy League. But of the standard yeah. of Ivy League. But again, I, I think they're considered like almost the West Coast equivalent. Oh, it says here on this article, the only reason Duke, MIT, and Stanford aren't Ivy League colleges is that they don't excel at sports when, when the Ivy League was, they didn't excel at sports oh, when the Ivy League was created. Yeah. So it's not that they don't now, because Stanford's actually quite good at like, football. So they can't become the Ivy part of the Ivy I don't, League I, then? No, I, don't know. I think you have to be specific schools and they yeah. don't allow new schools in. I, think, yeah. I, I don't know the history of the Ivy League to the point where I always knew it was a thing, but I didn't know it was a a thing. I didn't know it was an official thing. I thought yeah, yeah, like exactly. Oh, well, they just call these the Ivy League schools because they have ivy growing on yeah. the exterior of their buildings. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> but no, you. It's a league, uh, a thing that was created, and Amber's researching now. So. Yeah, I was trying to look and see. Okay, so interestingly enough, the Ivy League is not in referring to education. It is referring to referring to American Collegiate Athletic Conference, compromising of eight private research. Comprising. Yeah. Not compromising. Oh, comprising. <laughs> Words are not my friend today. I didn't yes. establish that. Um, comprising eight. I was just clarifying your sentence. <laughs> eight private research universities. So Ivy League is specifically looking at 
sports. Right. Wow. But we've now transformed it into this like high caliber. Well, I think you. It, it, but there's probably yes, a it, correlation. Right. They probably wanted high caliber education in conjunction with sports. Whereas you had a lot of universities. It was when you go, it's just you go for sports or you have other or ones that you just go for the prestige of the, the education. Or it's at the time, the higher the sports, the better the money, the better the education. Exactly. So that's still pretty par for par too. Yeah. Well, at least associated with each other. But anyway. So, yeah. Um, I found the, the, the two best friends. So there's Mm -hmm. Malcolm and I don't remember. Uh, on, on. Yeah. I found them kind of interesting because I felt she was far more devoted to them than they were to her. I think they were supportive and I think they were, um, Malcolm more so than on, but I, I just feel like they kind of... It was a weird dichotomy. Yeah. They kind of were like, okay, we don't have to take care of her anymore because Adam is taking care of her. So we can just step away from this now. We can go yeah. do our lives. But the whole premise in the beginning was all of doing that to on, trying to yeah. get her to have a relationship with somebody she's clearly attracted to. I, I think when I was reading it and thinking about it, I think it's that they were all at such a pivotal point that their careers were about to shift. Yeah. And I think all of them were trying to figure out what that career shift means for them. But Olive wanted consistency because she's had in the past such traumatic things happen. Um, Well, as I think for them, they didn't realize how traumatic that was for her. So while she was still clinging to them, they were starting to make those pivots on deciding what the future looks like. And I think part of the book the struggle for this book is all of trying to decide what does the future look like for me? Right. Who do I want to be? Where do I want to be? Why do I want to be that? Um, at least that was my takeaway. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Did you feel the same way, Sarah? Or I honestly didn't think of them that much. Okay. <laughs> Mostly I was trying to figure out who Malcolm was um, in, in relation the, in, to Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm not quite sure because these characteristics don't match up with Finn, but Finn would make the most sense. And then, yes, oh, as they went, gone, well, yeah, Finn makes Finn. the most sense, especially since that's the yeah, one thing I know about the, these really Star Wars movies match. is everybody uh, wanted Finn and Poe together. Yeah. 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 Um, so I did figure that out, obviously. Yeah. Sooner or later, but they were fine. No, yeah, man, it's yeah. like they they were there. Honestly, On was the one that I had to struggle with for a moment until she's like, yeah, she's Korean. And I went, Vietnamese. Vietnamese. But I still was like, I don't know why, but the name had me picturing a black woman. Oh. <laughs> Not an Asian wow, one. No, I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why. But I was like, oh, I, okay. So the minute she appeared, I was like, oh, there's Rose. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was like, oh, you know. And I was like, oh, and I'll figure it out eventually. I'm sure this is someone. And then I went, oh, Asian. I I had like biracial black woman in my brain. Wow. I don't know why, but that's I think that's because unfortunately that is becoming a trope now in a lot of romance books and female-led books where now we're getting a lot of white women with the biracial be- uh, best friend who's the secondary character. So I think that was a, a fallacy on my- shifting away from the uh, gay- Flamboyant gay best friend. I, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that because I'm I'm not happy with myself. That was my automatic first visualization. Uh, oh, because, okay. Because biracial women, 
have a right to be a full-blown character oh, and yeah. not just oh, yeah. the new best friend. Oh, no, I agree. So I just wanted to clarify that. I was more, I was more dissing on it the... It just the, to yeah. be a white friend then? No. No, no it, it, no. it was very much me just realizing the fallacy of my own presumption that I had read enough books that I instantly figured biracial, leaning towards black, and then realized that I hadn't truly processed it. And that was a shortcoming on my part from books that I've read that I'm like, okay, we need to start looking out where that's happening. And I need to start questioning books that I've now led myself to picture that first, as opposed to trying to sort the character out better. So no, that was just very much a shortcoming on my part. Um, Not. Not the writer's part. Yeah. Yeah. Not the book's part. My part. Um, particularly since it, the character didn't fall into that stereotype. Yeah, yeah, but I hadn't the the name threw me off. I wasn't I wasn't picturing Asian with the name A and H. I actually really wasn't sure what I was picturing with the name. It was just you've read weird. too much YA fantasy where they have you know names strange yeah, yeah. where you can't always tell oh, what does this mean names. I swear it, it's names are a struggle. I felt so bad yesterday. I was at work and a coworker was there as an extra help. And I walked up to her. I'm like, hello. And she's like, you know, we've worked together before. And I'm like, oh, um, and her name was written down on the, 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 the chart. And I was like, we have, but I hadn't worked with her for a while. So I didn't instantly recognize her. And I didn't think about her name. And it's really hard to explain to people that names and faces do not form a connection and then particularly at work I don't wear my glasses because I have a mask on so everyone's a blurry blob most of the time um like, if someone did that to me I would just be like oh hi as if I'd never I know why would you worked before well no no it wasn't together <laughs> no it wasn't like we've worked before it was like we've like like she was confused as to why I was reading her like exactly. I didn't but know it's her like, <laughs> and I just went that to me oh. I'd be like oh okay well no because yeah. we had like chatted and stuff and like I I make an effort to be like personable with people. And so I'm sure she was like, why doesn't she remember me? Um, and I just, I felt bad because. So you and I are very socially conscious and would not call somebody out on that yeah. shit. We'd be just like, okay, she doesn't remember me. She doesn't have to remember. I, I, I don't have yeah. to be remembered in life. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. no, I have <laughs> like, a weird names to Face ratios is off. I mean, I we've talked about it in a previous episode where even characters aren't really like... This one was very clearly people in my brain because it was a fan fiction. Most of the time, characters so, are colors, okay, not so, You know what? You know, I, the whole spatial thing I have yeah. with characters. The fact that this five foot eight female was looking up and up and up and up and up. I'm like, what was he? 12 foot 10? I mean, my God. Driver's six foot three. That is not exceptional. Well, okay. That's like, what, a five inch difference? Okay. No, she's five eight, so it would be, yeah, five inch. Yeah. No, about... Five eight, five nine, five eight, five nine. Oh, seven. Shit, I was thinking, I always say five eight, but I always assume that a foot is 10 inches. That's how my brain breaks it down. Yeah, sorry. But my point is... I am five foot five. I have a six foot two, six foot three husband and a six foot four, six foot five son. 
Yes, bring one of them in here and then let's no, see. No, no, you have no, no. to crane your head I, back. I do not have to crane my head up and up and up and up to see them. I'm like, okay, we get it. Well, He's fucking tall. We get it. Maybe we get it. Maybe sitting in the scene. No, no, no. It was just like 8,000 scenes. It was said a lot. I, I will say. There was also the scene where she sat on his lap and like she didn't quite reach his ear. And I was like, I wonder if that would be accurate. It, it was... Um, because I did, I, I tripped on that scene and then I went, <laughs> and the way it was described though, it didn't, it wasn't like the other book where yeah, it I went off the deep. Yeah. It was yeah. like, she didn't quite reach like his and The way it was phrased, the way it was phrased made me think that if she wasn't saying under, she was saying approximate. Well, and I got the impression that like she was like leaning sideways in. and leaning. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, she was. She was, was tucking into it. And, so, and it was her mouth too that she was yeah. about that wasn't quite at his ear. So it's not yeah. like it was the top of her head. Yeah. It was like, there was clear like conscious effort that there was some awkwardness. And I don't know, for some reason I imagine Olive does not stand tall and straight. I kind of imagine Especially her if she's feeling awkward on his lap. Oh, she's yeah. probably going to be like almost sliding. Well, I found that head. situation weird as oh, fuck. That is true. Like her friend, which her friend did acknowledge and did um, did acknowledge yet. that it was kind of fucked up that she was doing it, but like she kept encouraging her to like kiss him and get oh, his she was and weird. it's like if I had a friend who was doing that, I would be like, just fuck off, man. Leave me alone. Yeah, if I yeah. want to not display to the entire fucking world, whether it's my a, a, a professor, not my professor, but a professor or a co-student. It's my option to not. Yeah, I, I will say that with this person publicly. My favorite thing about On is is the we are like pushing it forward, and I get it. It was trying to force awkward situations and you know play up those weird moments well, of romance. I, it, books. It, it really felt like she was really On was really trying to push Olive into behaviors. No, behaviors that Olive isn't comfortable with. Yeah. And on felt that those behaviors needed to be different. And I, yeah. I don't like that. If somebody was, re is reserved, let them be reserved. It's okay. Yeah. Not everybody has to be the outgoing talky, 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 gonna, you know, rub touchy on you. Touchy. I will, will say having Sarah as my friend, <laughs> I wasn't gonna like best friend label it here, but wow, I can't even friend label it now. Oh, wow. like, that's being awfully presumptive. We all know each other for like 10 years. <laughs> Jesus. I'm ready for the friend commitment. Oh, God. But, but I will say, I, I, there are times where we have been in situations where I might try to encourage Sarah to do something that I know is maybe not her highest comfort level. But at the same time, I am. Fast. You would not tell Sarah to go kiss somebody. Oh no! A fucking car. No, no. And I, I pushed a fucking car. Why was that scene so dramatic? I don't understand it. He pushed a truck uphill. I don't think it was uphill. They said it was like on a like a upwards. I don't know. The ground. Just, it was it not was a, hill. a weird ass scene. I will say the, the moments where we were shining Adam at the brightest peak. Um, or I'm <laughs> okay. It's like I'm pretty sure one person can push a car. Yeah, it's neutral, but I, I it didn't really bother me too much. Yeah. I was just like, I mean, I get it. It was all about her gaze on it, and yeah. and that's fine. It's the female gaze. We don't get the female gaze in a lot of stuff, yeah. and and that's fine. But it was gonna, weird. People add, push cars all the time, and I I won't say this is the same for Love on the Brain. It was a semi truck. 
I I get spider monkey climbing human vibes in terms of like yeah. like like their interactions is like human spider monkey climbing human tree. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, six foot three is not I that mean, massive. I'm sorry. I mean, if he was running along, and and maybe she was trying to imply he. D- Adam Driver, because he's he's thin, mm-hmm. and Martin's the same way, looks exceptionally tall. Yeah. Because of the thin. That thin. He's not super thin. He's actually I mean, pretty, like, solid. No, I didn't say he wasn't cut, and I didn't say he didn't have the, the triangle that, you know, the ideal man is supposed to have. He's not beefy. He's not, like, he's rotund. He is um, thinner in the hip and the waist and, and yeah. the leg. He's the long, lean type of thing. What? You, you don't intimidate me. What do you what do you want? What? Oh, you're tall? No, I okay. Shit. Man, you sure were craning your head back there. Yeah, I <laughs> see my ass down. <laughs> and he was cowering over the top of her. Yeah. I'm like, he's twat. Anyway. I for those who don't know, my husband just walked in and stood next to me to prove that well, at six foot three I would have to look up at him, but I'm sitting down. However, I will say at five foot three for myself and my brother is six foot four, we'll say. Yeah, but she was five foot eight. I know, but I'm going to say. Said specifically even, in there. Even I don't crane my neck. Yeah. Because I actually will just like, I, it's, I don't it, I don't look at Martin, my brother, like this. I just, Who wants to do that? And isn't it your sister hurt. five foot eight? Yeah. Allie is five foot eight. So yeah. then let's just have them stand next to each other and <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. Stand up. Okay. God. We're, we're acting out what you guys cannot see. So I'm five foot five. I have what? You have half an inch. Half inch heel. Even, even if I'm standing right up on yeah. you. I'm no. not doing you, this. You're not your neck. <laughs> no, no. It's not a spider monkey vibe. I no. need you guys to give me spider monkey vibe on human tree. Ew. No. <laughs> I'm not ew to you. I'm not doing that. That's, that's the ew. Okay, Jaren, straight. No, monkey. I am not going to climb up the side <laughs> of my husband. One, he demonstrates spider He doesn't need to pick up my fat ass. So <laughs> when, when I was tiny, he used to carry me all the time. And listen, these guys like pushed my comfort zone when I was much younger. They found it hilarious to kiss in front of us and make comments. So like, I am not phased whatsoever. Can I tell a quick story? So we were driving into Bandon, Oregon. And is this recent or? Yeah, last last weekend. Well, you know, you could go to Oregon multiple times. Rex is sitting next to me and we're talking about and. Allie goes, yeah, this is where you were conceived. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, do you know what that means? And he goes, shit. You know, in his head. I can just <laughs> see the look on his face. He is only 10, so he didn't say yeah. shit. But the look on his face, because he knows when I ask those questions, it means things are going to get real. And he goes, no. And I'm like, this is where your parents had sex. And he was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> I am a horrible human being. Yeah, that's why I'm like, no. If, it, <laughs> if they were a spider monkey right there, they have clothes on. It's not going to phase me. <laughs> I, we've never done it without the clothes on. It's spider me, monkey in front of our kids. No, no, no. I just want to be clear. It never I, happened. But like, they have clothes on. It, it's not. There's only one of the three of you that ever did a walk in. And I'll just leave it at that. Ooh, which was... one? Which one? Allie. Allie. <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face. Woo. That was. 
I was never, I was never <laughs> stupid enough to just walk in. Well, okay, in her defense, we were in the living room, so. <laughs> That's great. You guys were in bed. You never, ever got out of bed. You guys, when I when we sent you to bed, you stayed in bed, so yeah. everything was cool. We, we didn't have to worry about it, but yeah, she walked in. That's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. Luckily, we weren't very far along, so she didn't, she didn't see too overly much, but yeah. How was, was she? We were in, it was Great Britain. Oh, yeah. She would have been uh, anywhere between the ages of nine and 14. Yeah, but it was closer to nine. Well, it was when we were on Swakely, so the, the rental So house. anywhere between nine and 11. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was our first house. But yeah, yeah it was so like, like, that's his age. <laughs> Certainly the age that permanent memories can form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll just say she knows what my breasts look like. Well, at least what they look like then. You know, I'm much older now, so they are not in the same position they used to be. Like old branches in the wind. But yeah, I want to be clear. It was easy. I have very acute hearing. I mean, very acute hearing. So I would know the minute they started shifting. So we could just we weren't caught often. So we were caught once. We were caught once. We weren't. Yeah, we, if we were, if movement was heard, we stopped and got things under control so we could handle the situation. But yeah. Yeah, It doesn't get cut out of the phone. No, it's not. My mother is talking about her sex life and we will embrace my mother talking about her sex life. It doesn't phase me and if it makes other people awkward, well, sucks to be you. Um. I have had three children. I clearly have had a sex life of some sort. Three times. Three times. I have only done it three times. Only done it three times. Mm-hmm. That's the entirety of my life. But that one time that Allie walked in, Martin would have already existed, so. <laughs> Maybe we just didn't go any further than that. <laughs> There's a fourth child. We, just we were trying for that fourth child. No, we weren't. No, no. no. <laughs> we're going to shift away from that. Before we discuss things. <laughs> Sarah may not so realize. have all right, so after a quick pause there, um, just keep thinking spider monkey now. Uh, yeah, let's let that go because it'll yeah. just revert back to a conversation that we were trying to shift away from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what else to discuss. I don't know. Tom. Asshole of a Tom. Like, I knew he was going to be a problem, I knew yeah. he was going to be an asshole. The level of urge to like deck him. I don't really like feel the urge to deck people, but like he wasn't even. It was blatant. It was, it was. I actively recruit women so that I can sexually harass them. It wasn't even, I'm just a disgusting male and take advantage of situations when I have women nearby. It was, it was, I want you to work for me because. And, and I want to demean you. I'm going to get pleasure out of but demeaning her. It's not her. just women. But also, I think part of it was also... Well, I said also twice in the same goddamn sentence. I'm also, so embarrassed. Also, also, Shut also, the fuck also, up! <laughs> also, I also think... <laughs> also, I also think... Because I think he mentions it, that he specifically also wanted... Oh, fuck me! <laughs> he wanted to do this because she was with Adam. Yeah! And he wanted to take that away or abuse it in some yeah. way. Well, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. It's not just women that he was demeaning because he set Adam up. 
Oh, that's right. To be abused and misunderstood. Like, he was an abuser. Yeah. Um, unequivocally. And it, and it wasn't I, just women. I kind of wish they had fleshed that out just a little bit more. I, yeah. I would have liked to have either had Rodriguez. Yeah. Actually explain it in more detail. Because yeah. he clearly knew what happened. Or suspicious. Because he, he said at one point, I've never been able to confirm it. Right. But this is what I experienced by the time I knew them. Um, so there were things that took place before. Because Rodriguez knew them in their graduate program, but he didn't know, like, so or he no. Known ta- he, he knew no, Adam from childhood. Sorry, sorry, I think he was doing his program and they weren't in the same program. Right, right. Um, which from what we've seen with Olive, you can be in the same department, yeah. but you have your own separate yeah. lab. So yeah. I think the implication was things were going on in the lab that he wasn't witnessing firsthand. So he only had his suspicions. Right. I know. I just, yeah, and I was I just saying that would have been a too. source yeah. to explain and to how Tom that, was abusing Adam. That there is possibly abuse in those kinds of power dynamics between men as much as there are between men oh, yeah. and women. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to deck Tom. But it made me also very aware of the misogynistic aspect of STEM because it's it's people in power. Yeah. Typically men in power abusing everyone under them. And that's yeah. that's a strong it's a fraternity thing that occurs. And it's a cycle of abuse. More than likely, Tom was at some point... Abused. Abused by someone who was in power in, in whatever capacity. I mean, we're all- So there's there's a philosophy, and I can speak to this from the military aspect, not that I was in the military, but there is a philosophy that you go through initiations. And if you went through an initiation and you came out and you developed this brotherhood through this initiation, the philosophy is those that come behind you And that you then are initiating into the brotherhood have to experience the same thing that you experienced in order for that to be the same bond. Yeah. And that's such a false. It just escalates. Yeah. And and, or it, it, it doesn't escalate. It's that people get to the point where they acknowledge that it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so you have to assume that it's not escalating. You have to assume that those that didn't acknowledge it were experiencing the same abuse that they're then inflicting on somebody else. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's hazing. Hazing is awful. Initiation, hazing, fraternities, all of that is, yeah. is, yeah. It's, it's toxic. It's a, it's a toxic environment. And one of the things I studied in college was, um, how to bring people together. Um, and they, I studied extensively how initiations are actually counter to what people think they are doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. Awful environment. Typically male, typically a philosophy that everyone has to have the same experience, which means horrible experiences are visited upon those that come after. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you hear stories of, of some of these horrific abuses and it's just like, holy shit, did that happen to you too? It's like, why, that, yeah, why do we keep doing this? Why do we? I think that's where the escalation happens is someone who experiences that abuse again that's the only way i can think of it it's i mean obviously there are varying degrees of types of abuse but who experiences that kind of abuse sometimes when they then become abusers they escalate it in order to gain back control um and so then it becomes 
it does potentially snowball into a worse and worse because you then have people who seek to gain the power in order to combat their own abuse. Or then you have somebody more like Adam. Yeah. And is like, okay, I experienced this extreme, extreme abuse. And whilst I'm going to still encourage people to be the best that they can be, and I may be dry because that's just my, my personality, I'm not going to abuse the position. Oh, and, that, and that's because I've experienced types of abuse in my past and, and, and the recognition that you have to look at it and be like, I am someone who has had this and I have a choice here. Mm-hmm. I can either just react, which means that I'm likely to then risk becoming an abuser, or I can be aware of my reactions in order to prevent the cycle from repeating. Um, Adam clearly was one of those individuals who is looking at trying to prevent the cycle from repeating. Tom, was he aware that he was abused, though? Yes, he yes. did. He talked about it. Yeah, when he, he was finally explaining it to Olive, he was talking about his his graduate advisor. and, and I the, don't know that he ever used the word abuse yeah, for it. Like, but, or did but he just he, think he had a really strict and mean advisor? No, he, he knew something was wrong about the way he was advised. Um, but... And, and this is where he didn't realize Tom was part of the abuse because he thought Tom was helping him, was a rescuer, but Tom yeah. was actually escalating the situation. Um, he was going behind his back. So that's what, up until the very end of the book, Adam didn't realize. He knew there was something wrong with his advisor. He hadn't realized Tom's part in the escalation. Okay. And um, I don't think, it, did it ever actually come out that he realized Tom's part in, in his own life or he just realized what Tom did to Olive? I mean, if he didn't uh, in the book, he probably would have later on. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, towards the end, um, there was, it wasn't an overt conversation, but I think Olive at some point mentions explaining, or Rodriguez explaining to him um, in such a way that he did recognize Tom's part in it, and it was why it wasn't simply, oh, you, you upset the person I'm in love with, so I'm angry at you. It was, you've also fucked my life over. I'm done. This is not, I'm, I'm, you, you've screwed me over enough. I'm and finally taking back power. to draw him back in. It was, it was creepy. Yeah. I, I kind of got from Tom jealousy vibes. Yeah. Like Tom is, is, was attracted. I like, or maybe not just jealousy because um, I think he was just jealous because Adam was so, smarter. so good yeah. at it. Yeah. 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 And it's like, he was more of a mediocre person. Yeah. He, he didn't do anything himself. He just had this lab and then like, he was well, money. he got along with the professor that was the abuser of Adam yeah. and got handed the lab that probably should have been handed to Adam, to Adam because Adam was, yeah, Adam clearly, was qualified. Yeah. yeah. Clearly an exceptional scientist. And I will say this, it's why I like this book. Is yeah. you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, it's just it's a romance, just a romance. But we have had so many like diverse conversations, yeah. starting off at Star Wars, looking at abuse. This author, it will always be a must buy for me. Yeah. Um, no, she's she's an exceptionally good writer, and, and because it's lighthearted but still thinking, it actually makes me disappointed for the other about the other uh, romance books. Not all of them that we've read. Um, yeah, when you think about it, like compared to Bridgerton, oh, <laughs> it, it doesn't. There's this is a different caliber. This is someone oh, who is yeah. writing. This is someone who is smart. This is a neuroscientist writing a book. Well, and and recognizing that you can write issues into a story. Yeah, 
and that's where Bridgerton people who haven't listened to our pod, the the Patreon podcast don't know what we're saying about Bridgerton. Um, not instead of writing the social issues that existed at the time, I'm mm-hmm. saying that in air quotes because it's supposed to be the Regency era. Um, you can write issues and write these difficult situations and educate. Or at While least encourage thought. Because I think exactly, that's what I mean by it. This was very much just a, if you want to think about it, it's there. Yeah. It's not being shoved in your face that you have to like, oh, oh I must decide how yeah, I feel about this. It's not like it's, all of this jumping in there and like solving the problem of misogyny. Yeah. No, just like fact, all she, was, she was trying to, to just survive it. Float through it like most women do. She yeah. was trying to just, okay, it happened and I'm going to ignore it until it got to the point where she couldn't yeah. any longer. And then just, I knew as soon as she was recording, I, I knew she was going to record that conversation. Well, so yeah, when she said she her phone was dead because it had kept recording. And then I was just like, okay. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. You got it. So it's just like the rest until she finally got to the part where she listens to it. I'm just like, when is that going to come? I know. It's like, However, take your phone out, girl. <laughs> However, I did, I like when she started listening to it, I was like, oh God. Having, having had conversations where I've been belittled by people, the mm. thought, I'm like, I've replayed enough in my head to actually have it recorded and have to oh but but she addressed it yeah she she talked about how awful it was yeah to, have to hear but like just the level of mortification oh. i'm just oh, like yeah. there, there are there are still certain conversations in my head where people have said things or done things to me that i mean so a prime example i have is i did an internship up in oregon and it was during my bachelor's program mm-hmm. and at the time i was doing are you okay just <laughs> Okay, so what I was going to share before we had to take a quick break there um, is I did an internship during my bachelor's program. And at the time I was dealing with depression and I didn't want my work to know that I was dealing with it. And so I worked very actively to be friendly. Um, to be friendly. And which meant that I was over talking because I was trying very hard not to let my emotional state be apparent. Well, I was back in a back room working on it. Well, and their accountant was working on things and she she didn't ever express to me that I was distracting her or anything. You know, I just have trying to be pleasant and have conversation. And then one time the person who had hired me was working back there and I was trying to have conversation with her. And then a couple days later, I walked in and I could overhear her talking to the accountant. And she's like, oh my God, I'm, if I had known how much she talks, I would have told her to stop talking so that you could do your work. I'm sorry that she's been bothering you while you're doing your accounting work. I cannot believe how much she talks. Wow. And so I overheard this and I froze and, and it's cause it's still, I mean, I'm tearing up now. It's still the level of embarrassment I felt and trying so hard to overcompensate for a problem that I had. Luckily, there was another person who was in the um, office because there was a couple of other people who worked. It was a small public, like independent publishing. And I walked into the room and I was just sitting there quietly doing stuff. And she's like, what's going on? And I, I was like, I can't, I can't talk about it in here. She's like, okay, let's step outside. And I explained to her what I had overheard. And I said, I didn't tell you guys, but I have depression. It takes a lot of effort for me to be kind to others and or to socialize with others. I said, I was trying very hard to make sure I wasn't bringing my emotional state 
and to the workplace. Um, she proceeded to hug me and said, I will, I'll talk to the other person. Cause, and then this is actually her supervisor. Um, and she's like, I'm so sorry you experienced that. Wait, That's so not fair. Was the supervisor of the person you overheard? No, this oh. person I overheard was this other person's supervisor, oh. but she did step up and say, this was not a conversation to have in the workplace. If you, you had, you should not be talking about your coworker. Even because if you don't think there's a chance somebody's going to walk in the yeah. room. You can't, you yeah. can't anticipate that. Yeah. And so the thought of that, that conversation potentially having been recorded where I overheard them talking mm. and being able to actually relive what she said and how, cause like, I can't remember the exact words, mm-hmm. but I can still remember how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I am now terrified. I over talk when I am at my jobs. I cannot begin to describe how much my fear of being too friendly is a problem. And I, I was talking to one of my other coworkers recently. I'm like, I think about everything I say to someone because of that moment. See, and where my experiences are the exact opposite. I, I tend to stay very, very quiet. And people are like, you're really intimidating. And yeah. I'm like, why am I intimidating? And they're like, I don't know. You're just scared. Like, Someone said that to me in my job, too. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, you seem cool, but you're kind of scary. scary. <laughs> I was actually really flattered by that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've had people say that to me about you, and I'm like, Sarah, you find Sarah intimidating? Sarah, who, if you, like, look at her the wrong way, will just, like, wilt into a non-existent bubble because she just doesn't want to deal with it, Sarah? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's so, because we, we take so much onto ourselves when we... Yeah. And then to hear other people talk about it. Oh, oh, it's awful. But yeah, so so when Olive had recorded, and then that is, I thought of that conversation. Mm. And I was like, the thought to overhear, or even I, I had a, an emotionally verbal and um, emotional and verbal abusive ex to think of any of those times that certain things were said to me and to have them recorded on oh, that and same the, level. The and the ability to fall back into it, it could, that would be such, that could if if you allow the the negativity of what they're doing take you over and then the ability to make it a thing that you revisit and you begin to abuse yourself with it oh yeah. my god that would yeah. be horrific yeah and so and so when she could when she had to replay it and i was just like oh god the thought of those those conversations that i don't remember the exact words of anymore but if i were to re- have to replay those at any point in my life I would just break. But I did like the satisfaction of her having the evidence. I did. I did. I did enjoy the Because I didn't like that we didn't have to go there. Yeah. It wasn't a he said, she said. There there was evidence. And I did appreciate that. But it, I felt for Olive. Yeah. If her friends hadn't been there and heard it, do you think she still would have shared it and, like, tried to? I don't know. I don't think she would have. Knowing my own mortification on conversations that weren't recorded, um, in terms of having people talking to me that way, had things can so clearly coming up with a way to tie up the story. You got it because this actually could have gone on for years, and I I was wondering if she was actually going to go to the lab and if 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 it was gonna then I knew obviously well I don't know could have been another story, Um, but so tying up the story having the friends hear it when it wasn't intended for them to hear it <coughs> um, made tying that up a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, if you were writing that story, not as a love story um, or a romance, yeah. 
and it would have dragged on. Well, had it been me writing it, there would have been an actual physical attack. There would, yeah, yeah I would have, I would have gone down the rabbit hole, and yeah. I probably would have dragged that out because I was hearing her reasons for just going to keeping the job. I was yeah. hearing it and going, or the the in, the job. Well, it's a job. Yeah, so yeah, they're, the job, yeah. they're paid um, barely, barely, but they're paid. Um, they're hired into a position. They have bosses. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, I would have, I would have continued the story in a different direction. I totally agree with what the author did. Oh yeah. She yeah. was not writing that story. She was introducing these themes within yeah. her story. And um, so, yeah. But yeah. In terms of all its personality, no, I don't think if they had. <laughs> no! None of the love. None of the for, love. For context, Danny came up from her tiny little perch and came down and headed directly for Sarah. And Sarah reached out like, "Oh, you want me?" And no, Danny wished she wanted to get away, but I wanted her. Yeah. And Danny said, "Fuck no!" and pivoted in the other direction um, because Sarah likes to torment her by picking her up and holding her she when she's not want my attention. She doesn't. No, because she knows you well enough. She doesn't perform for you anymore. <laughs> well, it's, you know, then I want to pet her if she yeah. doesn't want to be petted. I know. So. You, you like when they fight you. And you only <laughs> do this to animals because you would never do it to a human being. Well, I'm not quite sure how it would translate to a human. Abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there that hard, but yeah, Amber, you go there. <laughs> that one out there. Oh, I did. Um, I wonder if Rex knows he's never opened this. Yes, he does. Okay. We'll put it back there. Um, yeah, he wouldn't know because that's from the Happy Meal I bought myself. Oh, is it? But I didn't want it. <laughs> so, okay, that explains it. He came, he sat down, and he looked at it, and he goes, when did I get this in a Happy Meal? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he, he doesn't love Happy here. Meals I know, very much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll just let them figure it out. <laughs> I know. That He's probably been chomping at the bit to open well, it. No, he doesn't know whose it is. No, no, no. He legitimately thinks it's his, but he like, he's like, when did I get this one? He was having, I was there for it. It was an existential crisis and it makes it great. So I was like, Rex, you just got in a Happy Meal. Not knowing it was not actually his. And he was just like, so yeah anyway anyways no i don't think if if this was not a romance and the friends were not there to immediately hear it i do not think olive had the personality to force awareness of the situation i think she would have just sat on that i recording. did like that she i feel that she got there because adam kept praising her yes but he wasn't praising her as a girlfriend and it, no or even a pretend girlfriend because i mean that's kind of the 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 Thing in all of this, we haven't talked about yeah. it was the fact that this was all a fake, fake relationship. Yeah. Um, no, he admired her. He admired yeah. her from their first interaction, which I knew it was him the entire time. Oh, which was yeah. Good for her. yeah that, but that was something clear. But his yeah. admiration was legitimate and not yeah. in just a, a, he clearly had romantic interest in her, but he legitimately valued what she was trying to do and her abilities. Yeah. I would like to know how much he really knew about her, but that's an aspect of the story we'll, we'll never get, which is cool. But I, I would like, you know, because she had done some work that helped her get into yeah. the graduate program. And he, he clearly I, knew that work. I think the impression I got from it is from that conversation. He admired the reason why she wanted to do it. Yes. 
um, and the potential in her. And I think from then on out, he kept track of her. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Yeah. That's I would like to have known how much he he was paying attention to her application into the program. Um, I was going to say something. That's cool. Frack. It's it was a lie. It was a lie. I oh when I the first chapter Mm -hmm. I was like really irritated that with that opening until the story played out. So I would say to anybody who doesn't like kind of the um, I don't know it uh, I don't know it wasn't even a full sentences are my friend. Just fish are friends, not food. I know I'm I'm trying. People are not food. Humans are not. Okay, we wanted, there was a little girl that was, when we went to Oregon this last weekend and there was a little girl that was there and to keep her from biting, her her mom took fish are friends, friends, not, not food, food and, and turned it into humans are friends, friends, not food so that her daughter, her two-year-old daughter stop would learn biting. to stop biting. Um, anyway, so that's where we were going with that. But no, I, I, I didn't like the fact that it kind of hard set up things. But it played out well. Yeah, so, I didn't. I didn't mind it. It was a great. I thought I liked the introduction to the way she does banter. Was one of the things yeah. that hooked me onto the book right away. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay, I like how she's doing conversations. And- so when I first read it, I thought we he, they were going to know who each other was immediately. And oh. That was going to irritate me because it was it was yeah, a little yeah, too yeah. much meet cute, which is a thing that they do in, oh, in yes, yes. stories and movies when it's a romance. Is you have your meet cute. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was too much of that, but then they did. He knew, but she but yeah. never said anything because he didn't want to be the creepy, creepy guy in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no creepy one old guy. guy. Yeah, in the bathroom. Well, some people do. Tom um, want to be bathroom. So you know. <laughs> he just wanted to be the creepy guy. That's just so. But anyway, it played out better than I expected it to when I read that first chapter. Is all I was going to say. But yes, I liked the banter. It did a very good job of establishing that banter. And particularly, it gave us a hint that Olive can be sassy, for lack of a better word. I can't think of a better word. But like, not over-the-top sassy. Because she was like, I'm I'm poor. Why wouldn't I use my contacts for as long as possible? I love the fact that she blatantly, unapologetically got him to pay for everything. (laughs) She was just like... Yeah, buy me a coffee. We're on a date. Buy me a damn coffee. I oh, by the way, I want the banana and the muffin. Yeah, and, and um, oh, let's add the next week's food onto this. And he's just like, fair. I remember being the poor graduate student and I am not no longer that person. I can pay for all of this. I recognize that. Yeah, the first time he bought all of her food, I was like, oh, he's smitten. And I like the fact that it was strongly set up that they both had a reason to be in this fake date. Uh, I suspect he lied about his. I mean, I know his. No, I don't health, think so. But, but I, I think he legitimately wanted an excuse to interact with her. I think he legitimately wanted the excuse and had a reason He's to develop the yeah. excuse. Yeah. Um. He. I think. Yeah, because he, he probably could have been okay with a third of his funds frozen or whatever. And yeah. he said that at one point. He's like, yeah. it's, it doesn't destroy me. And Rod, I think Except Rod he was says, actually leaving. Yes, and well, and so I think he was—he was at one point has a conversation with Olive and basically says, "Yeah, one thirds does not kill Adam. Do you not know how much his lab brings in?" And like, she went, "Oh, then why is he doing this?" And I was like, "Oh, why is he doing this?" Yeah, <laughs> no, it was. I think it was. I think he's smart enough 
that when she presented the opportunity, he was like, okay, I can use this. And this will help me keep this university at bay. While I figure out what I do want. Because they probably already knew he was going. He knew he was going. Mm -hmm. But if I date Somebody he interviewed though. He had not interviewed at Harvard until he thought she was. Yeah, but Rodriguez yeah. said unequivocally, "Of course, he's going to go to Harvard. Mm, of course, he's going to take because she was going." Rodriguez knew that he was smitten for him. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying. I, I'm telling you, I think I think the excuse was just an excuse. Yeah, I think whatever. Adam just wanted well, I do a think reason to interact with actually frozen. Yes, and it was an annoyance, but I don't. Yeah, I think it would have been okay. Yeah, I, I think he was who presented. Continuing the, the fake funds dating. were the cover is what I'm saying. I think the fake dating was the cover to slow Stanford's role. So if they were no, trying to pressure him into stick he around, indicated that he was going to be staying. The only reason why he considers leaving is he is wasn't Olive. going to be staying though. He was. He, no, he was. Rodriguez oh, tells God, us that he. Follows her to Harvard. He's going to Harvard because she was going to Harvard. As soon as he found out that Tom was the one but, whose lab she was going to, but the, he then started but, the process but, to interview. But the actual thing that him and Tom were going to do was an existent thing. It was going to happen, but they had nothing to do with her. They'd already been collaborating for years. That didn't mean that he was going to be moving because they say at one point that yeah. him and Tom anyway. had been working together. We can argue until the cows come home. I, Sarah I, agrees with me, so I'm right. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that's how right this works. Two against works. one. Two against okay, one. Yes, two against one. That doesn't mean I agree with you. <laughs> you don't. That's the point. Um, I do agree with Amberly just to... Because you have your own voice in this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Or are we ready to start wrapping up then? I think wrap up. Now that we've had a vigorous conversation, and hopefully that means that this will get as many lessons as red, white, and royal blue. <laughs> um, uh, I, there were the one thing I did put, which not that worthy of spending time on, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I did enjoy like how self-aware the book was. Self-aware. Let me enunciate that. Um, the book was in regards to like rom-coms and the usual tropes, where the characters yes. are even referencing. Yes, them. I loved that. Oh my I, god, that brought me to. I forgot about it. I love the one bed, not one bed trope. Yeah. I like, love there's that. There's going to be one, one bed. bed. There's always one bed. And then it's like, actually. She actually came to me. Was it one bed? bed? And I'm, I'm like, like yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But not the way you think. I'm like, oh my God. Because I love the one bed trope. I don't know why. It just, I like the one bed trope. It's hilarious. It's awkward. I love it. And so when it was like going that direction, I was like, one bed, one no, bed, one proximity. bed. In a very vulnerable state, too. Yeah. <laughs> I do like forced proximity, which is why I know I like <laughs> the one bed trope. Um, and I was like, one bed, one bed. And then it was two beds. I was like, oh, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Let's see how this plays out. And then it ended up essentially being one bed. And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's <laughs> <Yep. laughs> like, yes, thank you. Give me what I want. That's the other thing I liked. Every time he had the opportunity to try to push her into sex, he did not. No. Yeah, he was not Benedict, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. No, he definitely was, he was 100%, she is going to consent to this or it's not going to happen. Well, and I, okay, that was the other thing I'd say about that. What I loved is when she started panicking, he slowed down and asked her to express why. 
And it wasn't a judgment and it wasn't trying to gain his own pleasure. So that was the only other thing that I was irritated with. What? I can't say it in a non-vulgar way. I hated the tight pussy scenario. (laughs) Giant dick tight pussy. Really, it's designed to expand. It's it's entire. Which it did once she relaxed, but yeah, it it, it was. Uh, yeah, my my. So when I get mad, my scalp contracts. It's tingles. the weirdest thing. Tingles contracts. That was so irritating to me that just now when I talked about <laughs> it, my scalp went because it uh, it's just it. Um, yes, I mean I, I will say it as so it was a virgin. It was a it was a virgin trope, and I was not. I I didn't. So I didn't. I, having read the author's other book, it's not necessarily that she's going for a virgin trope. It is that this author really likes men to be bare and women to be smaller. Um, she made her five foot eight. Then let her be actually. I know, small. I know. Five I just, foot eight women are not small. I will women. warn you if we go and do love on the brain. How tall are you? Now that I keep throwing five foot eight under the bus. Uh, last time I measured, it was five seven and a half. So okay, so almost. And and you're quite thin. Um, but where is this going to go? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to be rude. And, like a twig. No, I didn't want to be rude and say that five foot eight women are big and make you think I'm saying that you're big. Oh. You're not big. Typically, five foot eight women. I do feel like I take up a lot of space, though. You yeah. do not, Sarah. You're. <laughs> I feel like anyway. People I, think I'm as tall as you when we stand next to each other. They don't think. They, no, legitimately, they, we've had coworkers. They'll be like, oh, how tall are you? And I'm like five foot three. And they go, but you're taller than Sarah. And Sarah's like, no, I'm five foot seven. And they look at us and then they suddenly realize that I am shorter than Sarah. So yes, for some reason, Sarah and I occupy equal space. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> so now that, that So yeah. Anyways. Right. Anyway, it was just something that irritated me. I, I, yeah. I it's yeah. such an unnecessary description. The need to make women feel tiny compared to men, yeah, is a long existing thing that I don't necessarily, yeah, it's understand. But I also I don't need that detail in general. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I felt but it was I unnecessary. It through, I did read through the sex scene. Thank God, there was one, only one. Um, because I was afraid I'd miss something. Like if they're talking to each other, I'd be like, ah, I might actually want to know. Um, it was a little bit more detailed than I want in a rom-com. Yeah, it wasn't as and this, this as came across as a rom-com, but, but it was it was a little bit more. It was a little spicy. Not not heavy spice. No, I said a little bit spicy. Yeah. It was a sprinkle of spice. Oh, yeah. God, I hate that word. Spice? <laughs> Using spice to describe, to describe the, the level the of sex. Smut, yeah. It's like spicy. Oh, will you stop I, just, it? I don't associate spice and sex. sexiness in a book. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just not. It was hot. Oh my God, John Oliver did. John Oliver did a thing talking about Bridgerton and how how so many women are disappointed with season two of Bridgerton because there's oh, no yeah, sex in that. it. Oh my God, I was laughing was like, so hard. It's like that was a major plus for me when I watched. Exactly, it made it a better season yes, than the first I one. I love watching a TV show with like my mom, and it's like, oh wow, look at them having sex. Yeah. This isn't awkward at all. Yeah, sex is hot. <laughs> Not to everyone. <laughs> You're in a mood. <laughs> I just, I but the, that, I that, that, that segment of Diary and those women just going, oh, no, it's, yeah, it's just not it's as good as season two. I'm like, what the 
Well, then we'd have to address what I hated about season one. So we'll just. <laughs> we'll just we'll We're going to continue. All right. <laughs> so anything else? No. Um, just specifically as like, this is a thing that they do in Raylo Fic that annoy me. That I, When I got to this part in this book, I was like, God damn it. They had him call her sweetheart. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, because Han Solo refers to Leia as sweetheart, apparently, in, like, one of the Star Wars movies. Oh. And it's, like, apparently endearments are genetic or something, so they <laughs> love to make Kylo call Rey sweetheart. I mean, oh. typically, you I would hate pick up word. terms of endearments from your parents and so would be likely to replicate them. Um, oh, I would say you do not pick up terms of endearment from your, your I think they're I do not societal think and generational. would pick up endearments from the man he murdered, but... I, I we're not going to discuss Star Wars and the murdering and stuff. We're not going there. I don't think in terms of they're generational and they're societal. Okay, fair. But just because they change, they, they wouldn't change over time if you picked them up. We would always refer to people the same fair. way over generations, and you know, that, that changes. Anyways, so Sarah didn't like the sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Murph, Murph. Hi, Murphy. And that was my last note. Okay. <laughs> did anyone have any quotes? Yes. Oh, good. I did too. What's your quote? And, and this was more, it's not like a quote that mm-hmm. meant something more in the, well, it does mean something. But anyway, oh, qualifying everything I say, it's driving me crazy. Um, saying also a lot. Continue. My brain just tripped. The, um, her advisor, so Olive's female advisor mm-hmm. says to her, carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre, mediocre white, white man. man. That was my quote. And my brain, I ripped on that because i was like this is why people find me fucking intimidating i don't carry myself with the confidence of a mediocre white man i carry myself with the confidence of a successful white man and it in it just intimidates so, the shit out of people so i love this part because fun fact my intern advisor for my master's program at one point i was talking to her about my resume and she's like if a white man will put it on his resume put it on yours yeah so I saw that and I was like, okay, so there is something it about is women thing. in academia who are like, pretend you're a mediocre white man and be confident like a motherfucking white man. And I was like, oh God, yeah. I experienced that. Okay, what was your quote, Sarah? <laughs> now that we had the same quote. I didn't say I had a quote. Oh, oh no, I, did, I did write one down. Okay. Although that one was one that I probably, I don't know why I didn't write that one down because like, <laughs> That was one that I checked. It actually came up twice because there's another time that was brought up that I... Well, she remembered too. There was just a line that... uh, It was in reference to... Olive. Mm -hmm. I kept trying to call Ray there. (laughs) Um, Where she just said she could count the number of guys she'd been this viscerally attracted to on one hand. And I was like, girl, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good explanation. You know what? I'll be fair. I think a lot of women feel that way. Yeah. I always love the comments from women. They're like, I kind of wish I wasn't straight because, like, men. <laughs> I don't know where we were at. Um, well, we just did the quotes. So, yeah, we just have to do ratings. Really okay. Yes. Yeah. So what's our first rating? Uh, how exciting? I'm five for me. Yeah, I'll give it a four and a half. I'm, I'm embracing the halves now. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, it wasn't ever like exciting. I, oh, I died. This was the only book that I managed while we were in a group of like 12 people that I could actually focus on <laughs> and stay focused on reading. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. everyone was talking, so it was exciting. Sarah? It was exciting. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Jeez. You better agree. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, I also gave it a 4.5. Um, I did, I pretty much read it all the way through. I think I might have slept somewhere in there. I think there was a pause. I think yeah. they would like go on page 130. And yeah, because I started at one page, one page, one day, and then I finished it the following day. Yeah. Um, but Darn I could have read it. All, yeah, I could have read it all the way through. I just, I didn't do it at five because it wasn't like edge of my seat excitement. Right. So I was actually probably being a bit more critical than I usually am about this rating. But yeah, 4.5, I think is still. I think generous. it's a good rating. Yeah. Alrighty, what's Says our next the person who gave it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I agree completely with you. <laughs> Ease of reading. Oh, Sarah, what'd you give it? I give it a one. No. <laughs> five, obviously. Okay. Five. Five. It was easy to read. It's a good read. Yeah. Easy to read. Very fun. You never got reading. it to a point in the middle of it where you're walking across the ice, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, and you just get to the point. Yeah. Like, why are you guys still fighting about this? Because those the, are things The writer was very good at making things very concise so that you could then move on to and the And very next. sensible. Like, yeah. oh, she's not talking about it, but it's not obvious that it's just doing this to prolong Exactly. Things. Well, and I will say the only thing is I'm not... I'm, I'm coming into liking rom-coms. I don't like the same type of rom-coms as Sarah. Um, but this is the type of writer that I'm excited to want to read more rom-coms like this. And having read Love on the Brain first, I was dying to get to this book. Cool. Um, so she is definitely an author that I am dying. Like, she's got a bunch of short stories that are coming out. Um, and I'm like, oh, they're not available yet. And they're not available as arcs. And I just want to read them. So, <laughs> yes, it makes me crave more like it, which is always good. So, so five one star. Too. Yeah, one. Totally one. <laughs> uh, what about our next one? Next um, one. I was like, did Kim get hers? And I was like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Emotional reaction. Kim? I'm going to say five. It made me grin. I, I, was, I was happy to see it play out. And I yeah. wanted to beat the living shit out of Tom. So, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to scream, so, and I wanted, I, I just want to be, well, I won. I would have. Mm. You would have decked him, but. I wouldn't have hit him. I don't, I'm not, I'm not physical. just kicked him. Oh, no. not physical. Okay. I'd have just. just she would have chewed him. I would have eviscerated him with my words. His balls would have become a second asshole. <laughs> <laughs> with her words. And they just would have gone. Yep. Right up into the intestines. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, what was your emotional reaction? I gave it a 3.5. 1.5? Yeah. Why so low? <laughs> You're terrible. Yeah, like maybe 4.75, maybe a 5. I did enjoy it. I don't know. I just, just, just a second. 4.75? Yeah, uh, yeah. 4.8. I can't bully you up to a 5? I don't know. I don't even remember why I gave it a 4.5 instead of 5. And I only rated it like an hour ago. So, <laughs> so why, why didn't you give it a 5? I don't know, but there must have been a reason. Was there? Just let it go. We only got 10 minutes. We have been put on a time frame. I mean, I guess because I wasn't crying. Because you were prior tears. I was like, that's not a requirement. I usually have. Five. I'll give it a five. Yes. Bullied her up to a five. You are a horrible human being. (laughs) I've been bullied. I give this a five because not only did it have me grinning, but I had How many tears did you have? I teared up that okay, that conversation. I just, like mm-hmm. I had such a visceral reaction of of it triggered my own emotional memories. 
And when a book does that, that's an automatic five. Yeah. It can make me feel. Oh, I thought that was required for a five. For me, yes. Yeah. Make me feel. It made me feel. So I wanted it to is... make sure it, you know, met the tears required. Okay, yeah. so when she was in the hotel room right after mm-hmm. Tom had done the thing and he walked in and could tell instantly and then kneeled down in front of her while she's just sitting in the chair, that was like the coolest scene. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what, that's what you want somebody to do to just, just be there, there. And, yeah. and be a physical presence, but not a push physical presence where he wanted to, you know, hug her and make her feel better. I'm yeah. going to fix yeah. it for you. No, it was just, I'm here. Yeah. I was All like, right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just remember that scene. <laughs> Overall rating. A five. Overall rating. Five. I too gave it a five. Five out of five for all three of us. Any other final thoughts? Uh, last time we did an episode and it was Dead Silence, I think you said that that was the first time we did all fives. No, The Luminous Dead was our first time we did all fives. Oh, okay. I just yeah. thought you made a comment about that and I was very confused. No, I said I think it was like our second time. Well, we also did The Firekeeper's Daughter. Didn't we all do fives on that one? I don't <gasps> think you did. No, I don't think you gave a five to Firekeeper's Daughter. I think you gave a She's four. She's go back. I just, I don't know what I gave it. I love Firekeeper's Daughter. I bought special edition books from England of that book. Did I not write it down? I don't think you did. I think you gave it a four or a 4.5. I think it like, it just didn't quite make a five for you, but I can't remember. Now I have to consult Goodreads because I don't know. We've only got 10 minutes. You better do this quick. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not actually, it's not, well, if my phone would stop giving me alerts right where the search bar is, there we go. (laughs) Not that this is even relevant to what we're talking about. <laughs> I just, it is something I randomly thought of while reading this book. Well, you ruined it with... I um, gave it a fucking five, y'all. Okay. I don't know. Project um, Hail Mary should have been a five and you didn't give it a five. No. I didn't oh my think God, it I deserved it. Oh so we've had The Luminous Dead, we've had The Firekeeper's Daughters, Dead Silence, and now... Well, Hypothesis. So, this is the roughly the fourth five set of fives that we've given. Um, on that note, next time we will be tackling Dune. Very different type of science fiction. Moadib. <laughs> I love that book. I have no clue what you just said, but okay. On that she note. She and she said she loved the book. I think. Yeah. I My my brain could not visualize. Blah, blah. Moadib. You better get used to it. it. It comes up continuously in Dune. Our intro and <laughs> outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.